0: I think it's now more important than ever to be distinctly Canadian.
1: I think it's a little bit CBC of us. The topic at hand today, what other people see Canada as, and and how you soak that in from them, or maybe what your Canada is. All right, the Snow Day Pod is back up and running. This is episode number eight. We're going to be chit-chatting a little bit about what it is to be Canadian and experiences we've had with other people and how they sort of view us. So we're going to jump into that in a couple minutes. First of all, though, a little bit of feedback on the last episode. Dolores loved it, guys. All right. We redeemed ourselves in her eyes. She was uh, a huge fan of this one, a little less laughing, a little more serious. I think she likes to see her boys grow up a little bit and not just be a bunch of goofballs. Uh, Bittersweet, bittersweet feedback Producer Mike liked it a lot Uh, The stats that we got back from Podbean Showed that uh, some of the stuff went through the roof So it was great Todd Harwood might be emerging as our number one fan right now He's been uh, retweeting We should sign him up as our social media guy (laughs) Before we get started, just to make sure we're all on the same page as we're listening to this, understand this is just four guys sitting around in a virtual living room having a chat because they're stuck in a snowstorm. It's not our professional selves. There's nothing here we're embarrassed about, but there's going to be a little bit of swearing and just us being us. So let's just take it for what it is. This is Snow Day, a podcast with Dr. George Alvarez.
2: This kind of freaked me out. My daughter said, I like Canada because we don't carry guns. We can't kill people.
1: Leslie Hansen, software company owner and CEO.
0: You guys are going to yell at me when I say this, but I continue to believe, even though it's lost its way in the last little while here, America's the greatest nation on earth.
1: Stephen DeGroote, internationally renowned speaker, author, and leadership expert.
3: I feel I like punching you in, in the face. Day. I'll see you in a couple days, buddy. I will put, I'm will. i just going to tell you, you got 30 seconds into our conversation. I'm going to let you know. I'm going to let one rip.
1: And me, Bruce Krentz, the one they left behind. I honestly thought this conversation was going to be us talking about sort of like northern lakes versus fishermen on the east coast versus <laughs> cowboys on the prairies. <laughs> Throughout out our first Twitter question, I'm not sure if you guys saw this one, and it uh, it actually no. got a little banter going on Twitter, but where was Seven Get Days Restaurant? Here.
0: Where was Seven you know, Days Restaurant? You know what? I That's thought it was funny. by gondola. It's funny you mentioned that, Bruce, because I just had my parents in town for this past week, and I was telling them the story of how I interviewed a guy whose father owned Seven Days Restaurant, and Guy Hansen had the exact same question. He looked at my mom and he said, Where was Seven Days Restaurant? And they couldn't remember either.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, maybe someone can shoot it to us on Twitter. I thought it was beside where uh, Chicken Chef is now, like in the Burntwood Plaza.
3: I I don't even think that part was there. I I think it was where the gondola was, over uh, across the street from Cree Road.
1: Bev Watson, another fan that we picked up over the last little while, uh, thought that it was over by Lambert's, like up almost sort of towards the Eastwood area, which maybe... Wow. You know what? I think she's I think, right. I
0: think, I think she's, she's right. right too. In my memory, it was a freestanding building. It wasn't gonna strip All
3: Right. Well we need more we need some more intel though. I don't I don't think we have enough of a, <laughs> a of a
0: consensus on this. There you go. You know? Shout I, out to the shout out to the yeah. followers. Shout yeah. out to the Twitter Contact person us on Twitter and let us know. Somebody has to have the firm answer on where was Seven Days Restaurant.
2: Yeah, firm. Les, you interviewed the guy's son. Can't you let like call him <laughs> well, and get an answer immediately?
0: Yeah, as I was saying that, I was thinking, I didn't hire him, so I don't want to call him back and ask him. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, he'll see you. Oh, my God, they're calling me back. It'd be a little bit awkward, a little bit, bit awkward.
0: <laughs> hey, uh, you,
1: still, you still don't have the job, but uh, just <laughs> wondering. <laughs> wonder if you can do me a solid. (laughs) And piece of advice, in your next job interview, don't talk about Seven Days Restaurant. It didn't work.
0: (laughs) Didn't go over well. Actually, no, I don't think he even remembered the name. I think he, he just remembered that his dad owned... The Chinese food restaurant and I said and I said holy shit that's fucking seven days restaurant <laughs>
2: so so you, you know.
3: mean we anyway. we could we could be wrong on the actual name of the restaurant <laughs>
0: <laughs> no I don't think so because you just said a few people a few people in the twitter sphere yeah. uh, have confirmed <laughs> its existence
1: the Twitter's here. <laughs> 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 yeah. No, for sure it was Seven Days Restaurant, but it is pretty funny that nobody can really remember where it was. So, another one, yeah. Lester, I gotta say it's it's unreal that I had a guy Hansen sighting here in Thompson about two weeks ago, and then the next thing I know he's out in the other TO guy guy's really making tracks lately.
0: <laughs> guys guys have been getting around. Guys been <laughs> getting around. Oh and then God. New York. <laughs> I just, had, uh, I just had the parents out here with me for an entire week, which is a big deal. Just getting Guy Hansen to, uh, to Toronto is a, is a big deal. And uh, as a little, a little treat, sort of a lifetime bucket list for my mother. You guys all know this, obviously, that my mother was a career librarian. At, uh, some of our listeners will remember her at uh, the Thompson Public Library and at Juniper School and at Eastwood School. Uh, but my mother, she graduated from uh, library school at UBC in 1964, and she always wanted to visit the New York Public Library because they studied uh, the systems there when she was in library school. So this week, I actually took Guy and Faye Hansen to New York for two days to take my mother to the New York Public Library. And if you think it's a it's a funny thought of Guy Hansen in Toronto, you should see Guy Hansen in Midtown Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> was, was he killing the suspenders?
0: Oh, crushing them. You know it. You know it. Guy Hansen goes nowhere without the suspenders. Talking to everybody, trying to stop New Yorkers on the street to ask them questions. People are just oh, wow. like, push, pushing them off, shoving them out of the way, keep them whacking. Like, it was fantastic. <laughs> he was a kid in, the candy, in a candy store, and it was a, it was a fantastic trip. But so there nice. you go. I just dropped him off at the airport, and he is uh, flying back to Winnipeg. And then excited for his nine hour bus trip back up to uh, to Setting Lake. Because apparently <laughs> apparently he has bought siding for the for his cottage from a contractor who is ripping down a house in Woboden, So he has bought the siding off of that. Which I'm sure <laughs> which I'm sure will sit in a pile at his cottage for five years and never actually make it onto the cottage. But He's in a in a rush to get back to Setting Lake. So. Les, are they flying yeah. back
3: now from Toronto? Yeah,
0: yeah, they're in the air right now. The air okay, right
3: now. I, they they're may be getting up. off the plane I get on. Cool. Look for them in the airport. I'll it's look for a guy, maybe I'll get a pick. <laughs> maybe I'll get a get pick of a yes.
0: Guy Hansen
3: sighting.
1: Spectacular. My two comments before we, we kick it over to you, Steve, since you sort of blended into that. A, are, are suspenders hipster? Like, was Guy cool in New York? Amish-like. <laughs> a little
0: more, a little more yeah. Amish. Oh, God. <laughs> Halfway in between. <laughs>
1: yeah. And and is Guy's cottage level yet before he puts a siding on? Like, I'm, I'm more concerned probably about the foundation, but...
0: You know what, Brucey, you've got a better... Uh... A window on that than me. I haven't actually been to that cottage in about uh, five years. That's Maybe you should stop by and see. Actually, did I tell you guys that uh, that Donovan Jones, shout out to Donnie, texted me a photo of of Guy Hansen from the cottage. He he had a sighting. He stumbled upon Guy Hansen, in the bush. <laughs> and he texted me a photo, literally of Guy Hansen standing in the bush behind some like makeshift workbench that he had all over <laughs> the tools. It was fantastic. <laughs> ask Donovan if the cottage looked. Uh, You know, or close to level. (laughs) I
1: will. I I fear that sighting's lipstick on a pig, but uh, you know what? You got to start somewhere. So
0: 100%.
1: 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Lipstick on a pig. Stevie you're, D, you're jumping on the same plane that Guy Hansen's getting off of. Uh, what's going on with you, man?
3: Yeah, I'm just heading to Toronto again, back into the swing of things. Just heading to Toronto, mm-hmm. doing, a, doing a week of training, and then back here, just doing my thing. I was looking forward to connecting with you guys. I had one of those weeks last week, we did the life, uh, work-life balance the week before, and I was getting crushed <laughs> over the last couple weeks going... That's a <laughs> bunch of bullshit. <laughs> the whole balance shit. I want to do that podcast. Yeah, no, but if you're going to get crushed, uh, you, it, it better be by things that you really enjoy. So, uh, yeah, I'm just getting ready to jump on a plane and do what I do best. Go so speak about leadership.
1: The uh, The good people of Toronto will welcome you with open arms, I'm sure, like New York did for Guy Hansen. Uh, <laughs> Georgie, how about you? Been uh, busy saving lives? Am I getting close? Yeah, you
2: are getting pretty close. That's, Yeah. Eight in, you got it right. Um, yeah, well, you know, back to school with the kids and the activities, you remember, Steve and Bruce, there's lots of stuff going on. Swimming lessons, Zara's big into dance, Seb's trying out for the indoor soccer league. So I've been busy working and, you know, kind of trying to be a good dad and, and doing all this stuff. And I've had a really good couple of weeks.
1: I alluded to it, fellas, uh, I'm at Studio B of the uh, Snow Day podcast uh Headquarters. I'm out at the cottage. Unbelievable. Sitting out in the deck, just uh, looking out on Paint Lake. We came out late last night. I had a just an absolute gong show golfing afternoon with some of my hockey guys. At uh, on the eighth green on the second time around, there was uh, uh, one guy puking. Someone accidentally got punched in the nuts. There was a guy passed out on the green, and another guy teeing off with his pants down. And I just looked around and I thought, this is just as good as it gets like you're like you're like i'm home home." (laughs) life is grand it was just it was unreal producer mike was just killing it he had uh we wear purple and yellow kings colors he was decked out he just looked like a like a million bucks and uh his nickname is a flash and he was golfing with fred Gorin, who's 53 years old got the fantastic old man stash flash in the stash uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> made a run at the championship, and then Mama Bear uh, came and mopped me up from the golf course later on in the evening, and uh, and we made a dash for Paint Lake. Speaking of being the dad, wow. George, your your duties change a little bit. Next weekend, I'm going down to Winnipeg. Uh, Paige is down there at university, but we have tickets for an ABBA cover band playing with the Winnipeg Symphony. Who's nice. A, who's ever even heard of that?
3: Speaking of dad duty, Bray is living with me full time as a roommate, like as a young man who studies more than I work in the first week of school <laughs> so it's, it's so ridiculous i'm already worried about him but yeah it's been crazy it's been a total shift it's like i'm not taking care of him other than you know cooking for him and stuff he's 100 percent independent and we're just living in the same house uh and it's it's amazing it's amazing big shift but amazing
1: it's it's a beauty hey, wow that's exciting the like, I was roommates with you, we got
2: evicted. Try to be a better roommate. Well, I think I think I think it's pretty good if you're not
1: around
3: because you were involved in both of those. So, uh, so yeah. I hope we don't get evicted. In
2: both of those were you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's
3: that's true. No, I, I think I'm the landlord in this case, so I have to I have to really fuck things up to get evicted out of this place. <laughs> I could kick Brayden's ass out Anytime any time, though. If you don't know I mean. <laughs> I don't
1: know him being more responsible. It's a fifty fifty right now. You might get kicked out of your own house.
3: I know I might actually this is the first time I left on a trip for a week and left him alone here, so I don't know what's gonna happen. Maybe the maybe the code on the house will be changed. <laughs> I uh,
1: I forgot uh, the tomato timer, boys, so we're gonna have to just go without that, but I, I like our chances. We've had a bit of practice. The uh, the topic at hand today is sort of what other people see Canada as <laughs> and, and how you've sort of soaked that in from them, or maybe what your Canada is and, and what sort of brought me to this topic. A, I think it's a little bit C B C of us it's it's kind of there it sort of ties into canada 150 in a way i think but uh it's kind of neat to me that we all grew up in i think what a lot of people would consider the stereotype of canada like i'm i'm sitting here at a cottage on the canadian shield like no shit a beaver swam by here this morning there's a loon calling out we all grew up in that sort of the fur trade history part of canada Now we've moved around a little bit. George is a cowboy. Lester is a big city guy, not even afraid of New York. Um, And so I think maybe our perceptions of what Canada is changed as we moved around. And so we've also traveled quite a bit, all of us except for me. So I'm just curious to hear some of your thoughts. George, I want to start with you because you just did an amazing trip out to Portugal, reconnected with some of your family. And uh, I'm curious to hear what what was that like and, and what do the people there think of your life in Canada?
2: Yeah, know I had a great trip with my mom and kids to Portugal. And, uh, you know, and talking to my family, you know, they don't really distinguish. I think Canada's changed a little bit for them. Like for my mother, when she immigrated with me, Canada was coming to America. There was no difference. And uh, for them, it was totally a land of opportunity and change. And now with sort of the explosion of the internet and news being you know, available instantaneously, Canada, I think, has changed as a separate entity, probably on purpose than our southern neighbors. And so that's where I think our nice stereotype has come. So I think even in my, in my lifetime, Canada was the land of opportunity, and then it sort of shifted to the opposite of what Americans are, which I'm sure everybody can ring in on. And then, in sharp contrast, I asked my daughter, Zara, I said, you know, we're doing a podcast on what it's like to be Canadian. Like, I was talking to my kids about it, and this kind of freaked me out. My uh, Sebastian said, like, oh, you know, Canadians are nice. And then my daughter said, I like Canada because we don't carry guns. We can't kill people. And I just thought, that wow, that's crazy that my 11-year-old already has that perception of America. So that's sort of my
1: first thoughts. Unreal. Uh, Lester, you just hit Italy. Can you guys hear that? Uh, A plane is just taking off in front of me. Maybe we do need a a studio with a little bit better sound control. This is unreal.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, it's perfect. You can't make that shit up. There's a plane (laughs) taking off in front of you on the lake.
0: Where the fuck is <laughs> producer Mike? He's supposed to have put in sound baffling into into Studio yeah. B by now. What's going yeah. on? What are we paying that guy for?
1: The very least he should have some control over when these planes come and go. <laughs> Get him off
0: the uh, water taxi. <laughs> Shut down the water taxi. Thirty minutes. That's all we need. It's
1: we'll try minutes. to tie this back in. Lester, you took a plane to Italy yep. not too long ago, so uh, it was probably even yeah. louder than this one. How did that go? And uh, and what came of that for you? And and sort of your perspective on being Canadian?
0: Yeah. No. It was a it was a fantastic trip fantastic vacation had a had an amazing time you know been to italy a couple of times and, and always love it there i think i had like when i was when I, you know I'm, I'm jealous of you george that you have kids to ask for their perspective to bring something interesting to this conversation all i have is sort of my my own thoughts of what i was thinking about this when we decided on this on this podcast and i i had a couple of opening comments that i want to make just over things that i think have sort of changed over my lifetime because i was thinking that when I was young and first started traveling abroad, I remember that we used to very proactively uh, stitch maple leaves onto our backpacks when we were traveling and because we wanted to be identified as Canadian. And this Mm -hmm. would have been like early nineties, but it was a big thing to do if you were Canadian. And in fact, I remember meeting some Americans in Bangkok and they had maple leaves stitched on their backpacks, and they are like, yeah, yeah, we met these Canadians, and we got their maple leaves, so we put them on their backpacks so people will think we're Canadian. And it's funny, because I don't even know if I really understood it then, why, because I was pretty young, but in the early 90s, it was definitely good to be seen as a Canadian when you were traveling. Canadians were mm-hmm. kind of viewed as, as nice. Then I went into the next stage of my life where I was working as a Canadian and doing most of my business in the U.S., yes and for a long period of time the software company that i was working for here in toronto we very decidedly tried to hide the fact that we were canadian because americans twofold one wanted to buy american and two they thought of uh, canadian business people as kind of soft or the products as potentially inferior so we only advertised the 1-800 number we didn't want to have a 416 area code on anything. I learned to be able to get through lengthy conversations in the U.S. without giving up any hint that I was not American. People would say to me all the time, wow, you're Canadian, you don't even have an accent. And I'd be like, yeah, I kind of learned how to use that, you know, and lose it intentionally. And now we've kind of come full circle, or at least I have come full circle, because I realized when I was in Italy, I was sitting on a train and I was reading um, a book that just came out on Steve Bannon and Trump and I can't remember what it's called, something about dealing with the devil or something. It's kind of a scathing thing. But it's got a big picture of Bannon and Trump on the cover. And I'm sitting there and reading it on the train. And I look across and I see like these people looking at me. And I think they assumed <laughs> that it was a pro-Trump book because it had a picture <laughs> of Trump on the cover. And I became immediately aware of being like, holy shit, I don't want to be seen as being... American or pro-Trump in today's sort of yeah. global economy. Well, and you I better I lose actually, You better lose that hat, that mag hat, that Make America uh, Great hey, Again. easy. <laughs> Sorry. Easy. But I did, I, no joke, I did take the cover off the book so that the picture was gone so that people wouldn't see me reading it and think that I was <laughs> pro-Trump. So the way things have changed just over sort of the last, well, I guess that's 25 years. Yeah. But it, I think it's now, again, become more important than ever to... to be distinctly Canadian, and there's there's benefit in that. And then I'll stop now so someone else can talk, but the other thing that I want to come back to is how much I think it is as Canadians that we we derive our identity simply by contrasting it with American identity. And that come, ties back <clears throat> into what, see, Absolutely. what Zara, Zara was saying. She's proud to be Canadian based on a perceived difference from being American. And that's, yeah. that's I think... That is actually a unique aspect of being Canadian. No no other nation derives their identity from saying, well, this is how we're different from America. So
2: right. I'll, yeah. I'll
0: stop there. Let's, let's
1: <laughs> I might not let you stop, Lester, even though I'm anxious to get to Steve, just because it, that was sort of a question that I had for you. I'm, I'm curious, because you've spent so much time working and sort of being in the States, we almost have an awful stereotype of Americans that we sort of don't want to recognize. but too many of us think of things the way Zara is right now. You couldn't count how many great people you've met down there and that there are lots of people that share the same values as we do, but we often buy into that bad stereotype. You think that's fair?
0: Yeah, I think it's a really complicated question, Bruce. I can tell you around election time, I have I have lots of really, really close friends who are American. And I have some, some close friends who are American who voted for Donald Trump in the last election. And as much as it astonishes me, some of them had pretty good arguments as to why they were doing it and it's it's interesting um america is an incredibly diverse place and it's made up of a lot of very different people and uh, there's a lot of fantastic people in america you know uh, most of my american friends you know were texting me the night of the election saying you know can you send me a passport application i want to move to canada (laughs) right that's always the, the the default joke there were ones on the other side of that that argument as well my position on it is You guys are going to yell at me when I say this, but I continue to believe, even though it's lost its way in the last little while here, America is the greatest nation on earth. And even though I am proudly Canadian, and I would never be anything other than Canadian, the things that make Canada great, we have been given, I think, um, as an advantage because we're a neighbor to America. You know, we have a strong economy because we are able to export to the biggest economy in the world. And we live in safety because we're protected by the biggest military in the world. So all the amazing benefits that we get about being Canadian are kind of given to us from the U.S. So when we want to say, shit, you know, look down on what's going on in America and have this moral superiority, which to a certain degree, lately, I think we
3: its are hard not allowed to, to
0: have. <laughs> yeah, We're allowed to have. We're allowed to have. But I think as a nation, we should not lose sight to the fact that a lot of that is because because America is our neighbor, and so mm-hmm. I, you know, we should be we should be trying to help them find their way as opposed to scorning them for having lost their way. I think that sounded a little kind of apple pieish and Pollyanna-ish, I know, but but that's uh, kind of it is a very complex issue.
1: Couldn't agree more. I th- I think you're probably right on a lot of counts, but you're right. We didn't want to hear that.
0: I
3: feel like I feel like punching in I the face. Say. I'll see you in a couple of days, buddy. I will. put... <laughs> I'm just going to tell you. You got 30 seconds into our conversation. I'm going to let you know. I'm going to let one rip. Big <laughs> hey, man. You no know, less.
2: I agree <laughs> with you because what drives me crazy about Canadians and their stereotypes is that the flip side of us being congenial and super nice is that this moral superiority with our neighbors and people don't want to see the flip side of our personality, which isn't very nice at all. Is look at us, we're way better than our southern neighbors, and anybody that knows anything about economics, power, politics, you know, military, all those things you mentioned, they cannot believe that we aren't in the position we are because of our neighbors. Right, but I don't,
3: I I gotta say though, I don't, I think we gotta move away from moral superiority, like as a general, as a generalization, I think, you know, we all know that certain stereotypes and generalizations don't find their way to the mainstream by accident or when you travel you know and, and George you can attest to this living in Australia I went there probably on and off for six like stayed there for six months in mostly rural areas and there was a serious difference between how people responded to you whether they thought you were American or Canadian like seriously there serious difference in many places yep. the first time off the plane I wouldn't get served and my friend who lived there said I think they think you're American and I said that's ridiculous right And I went over and said, oh, by the way, I just got in from Montreal. And she goes, oh, sorry, I thought you were American. Just like that. And became super friendly, you know, and have been in places where guys actually wanted to fight me because they thought I was American. And as soon as they thought I was Canadian, they apologized. It was just unbelievable. I hadn't seen anything like it. And, you know, the year that I bounced around to those eight different countries and spent a lot of time there, there was a very similar experience. You know, from my perspective... That whole This whole thing about being Canadian, to me, is about free health care and free education and, you know, doing our best to help the world and trying to stay out of fights and whole piece around, you know, you know we might be pansies on the world stage of power and economics, but when you look at, you know, overall, other than, of course, can't get into it without looking at how we treated our First Nations people, but we're trying to get that right with truth and reconciliation, you just can't ignore that there are some great things morally that we try to set our compass to as a people and as a country. Without comparison, without saying, you know, it's about this and it's about that. But it's hard not to, you know, compare that we've had very few uh, mass shootings versus the 255 in the U.S. in one year, you know, stuff like that. It's pretty hard to not have those kinds of emotional reactions. I've got great friends that are Americans. You know, there's great people everywhere, but we have to be honest that there are certain things that lead to those generalizations and stereotypes that are pretty real and need to pay, you know we need to be serious about.
0: Oh yeah, Steve, I'm not uh, I'm not debating that. I think everything that you just said is very valid. I think my point is it's actually it's a unique aspect of being Canadian that we derive our Canadian identity based on differentiating it from being American. Yeah, for sure. There's for no sure. there's no other country. You ask an it Italian, sure. What does it mean to be Italian? They don't start talking about this is how we're different from America. Well, right? this is why that, we're better than America.
3: The Kiwis <laughs> and the Aussies, though, George. Hey, like there's a little bit of that over there, right, George? Yeah. Like if, yeah. if you if you mistakenly if you mistakenly you know run into you know someone from New Zealand and say oh you're from Australia, it's it's it was pretty common for them to give a really uh, pretty uh, you know abrupt reaction like no, no 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 like I we are not Australian
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. or a, we're, we're not Kiwi. I, that's a very good comparison point. Kiwis, right. Kiwis hate to be referred to as Australians. <laughs> they, do. In, they do. In general. In general. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah, think That's less
2: know. might be a little bit off base there. I think it is because they're just so gigantic in the world. But there's a lot of examples that, just like Steve just mentioned, um, if you just think about North Korea and South Korea, <coughs> Portugal and Spain, there's lots of ethnic uh if you just think about the wars that we lived through in our lifetime that was a lot about distinguishing yourself from another group that you had close ties with so that i think that's that is i don't know how uniquely canadian it is it's just so magnified in us because our comparison is the sun like it blinds out every other comparison uh in in all scales of economy that um so i think you guys are both right
3: yeah, oh yeah, for sure. And I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't trying to counter it. I was just you know, it's this whole thing about, you know, I, I think I react to just the, the larger generalizations about whether there's a moral superiority or not, you know, because I, I, I know that you know everybody tries to jump on it when it's convenient, but we have a we have a dark history too. Like we have a very dark history. With you know, and yeah. we are and Canadians are not all great people either, right?
1: Nope. Of course. So yep. Bruce. Wow, I don't don't know where to go with that, guys. I honestly honestly thought this conversation was going to be us talking about sort of like northern lakes versus fishermen on the east coast versus cowboys on the prairies. Next thing I know, we're in a Spain versus Portugal uh, showdown. It's crazy. It was like somebody saying I'm from Flin Flon. I would punch them right in the face, right there. From Thompson. This is how it is. You're not from the past. Like, uh-huh. uh, so, I mean, my little wrap on the on the dark history. It's kind of interesting that a lot of what what my Canada is about is about the fur trade and sort of the explorers. And that's just an awful page in our history, too, right? Because we basically came and yes. just stole everything. Like it's it's nothing to be proud of, even though that's all we talk about in our history classes. Crazy Georgie, you got wow. anything a little bit lighter than that? <clears throat> what do you, do you know? A joke? A dad joke? <laughs>
2: Yeah, there's (laughs) a a Jew, a rabbi. (laughs) (laughs) The
1: most racist joke you can think of. (laughs) Yeah, the most racist (laughs)
2: joke I could think. So Canadian. Uh, My last thought to be a little bit lighter is I feel blessed that my family immigrated to Canada and I feel blessed because you guys are still my friends and that we share Canadian values and... The best part about Canada, and specifically where we grew up, and Les and I have talked about this before, few towns or cities are a better representation of the microcosm of what it is to be a Canadian than Thompson, Manitoba. Because if you think about how we grew up and all the immigrants. So for me, Canada was about immigration, opportunity, and having a better life. Because if I didn't move here, I'd have no idea what I'd be doing right now.
1: After we did our last pod on the work-life balance and we talked about... You know, just how our lives have changed from our parents and our grandparents. I heard a quote like the next day that just blew me away, and it was, "I am my ancestors' wildest dreams." Wow. Stevie D,
3: last thoughts? But when I was traveling the world, I have to admit i I I feel that I feel that thing that Les is talking about about that sense of safety and that connectedness to people with same values. So when I travel. And i'm far away i love getting on an air canada plane i love seeing the maple leaf i love getting on a plane with people that are going home um and it's a feeling that that i've connected to over the last several years so that's that's a very positive thought for me regardless of the details of where it all comes from and i agree with george my dad's an immigrant you know and uh we had that balance between that great canadian kind of focus the multi-dimensional uh, traditions, uh, of our European ancestors. And yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a great, it's a great place to be, man.
1: Wow good final thoughts and uh, and a lot lighter than uh, than where i started us off very last thing because we're really running out of time we want to introduce this segment it's it's one of us each week we'll ask a question of the other guys that's maybe a little bit unique to our lives and just shows a bit of perspective so that the question this time around doesn't have to be a long answer just a quick one but when's the last time you started a fire and i think this to me sort of like feels canadian and you know we're the we're the people of the wilderness so uh i asked the question so i'll start you guys off i started two today um (laughs) One one in the backyard here right behind Studio B. And when Mama Bear was waking up this morning, it was chilly in the cottage. So one in the wood stove there. Where do we go? Let's go back around the other way. Georgie, when's the last time you actually started a fire?
2: September long weekend. I took my kids to uh, just over the Ontario border near Kenora and we started fires every single day it's one of sebastian's favorite things to do is to start fires so it's actually not that long ago it's not it's not <laughs> yeah. as
1: easy as you think nope. uh, stevie how about you uh two nights ago i think you guys
3: know i love the fire i think i've called each of you from a fire with a drink in hand <laughs> yeah. you know i mean i was raised in the north and we had fires in our basement every night almost in the from the fall to the spring and and I've had three this week in the backyard, uh, two with Bray and one on my own. So one of my comfort things. So, yeah, I do it quite often.
1: And Lester, middle of T.O.? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll, chime, I'll chime
0: in last from downtown T.O., probably the furthest from fire-starting country. But actually, my, uh, my good buddy, Hugh Thomas, which uh, a couple of you guys know for sure, um, he bought a cottage last summer a few hours east of Toronto. And I've been out there a few times this summer. And every time we go out there, we have, uh, we have bonfires at night. Um, so I'm going to say the last time I was out there was probably six or seven weekends ago. But the one thing I will, <laughs> will throw in, uh, maybe it's a uniquely Toronto thing, but we, uh, we definitely start fires with gasoline every time we <laughs> Oh, Oh. <laughs> yeah. You're saying it's not an easy thing to do? It's oh, yeah.
1: easy for because
0: he just, <laughs> he just doses everything from a jerry can and throws a match at it. Yeah. You know, so,
3: what? I'm kind of glad may, you said he may that. may want to look into kerosene, it's a bit safer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm not I'm not sure if that, if that counts with your uh, question. Bruce, but that's the best
1: answer I've got. That's, that's fantastic. You know what? Uh, I'm going to wrap it on this because I used to be the start a fire with birch bark and whatever, right? Almost the, the flint and steel guy. And lately, yep. less in the last three or four years, I've gone to gas as well.
0: Nice! a <laughs> and, boy!
1: And the, the one day I started a fire like that when Harold Smith was out here and he kind of looked at me disapprovingly and all I could say to him was Harold, I hate what I've become. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Girl, back off! I've already judged myself. Back off. Back That's off, t-
1: t- totally what it was, but uh, I'm right there with you. Thanks a ton, boys. Last pod, I mentioned Andy Wavy and the uh, and all that stuff. Uh, we didn't get a chance to tell the story today. I'm going to release it as a podcast extra. It's it's too long for the right. pod, but uh, but I'm going to try to get that out in the next little while. It's uh, it's it's a heck of a story, boys. Five five oh, beers. I'll all right, never, guys. Five beers. I'll never get back. Have a good back. Sunday. Yeah, great connecting with
2: you guys. Thanks for yeah, you too. Less. Thanks,
1: George. You guys. You guys. Travel safe, boys. Yeah, I will do. Okay, take no
3: care, guys.
1: Bye. Care. If you like what you hear and you'd like to hear more, search for us on iTunes. We are Snow Day Pod. We're at Podbean2, www.snowdaypod.podbean.com, or find us on Twitter. We are at Snow Day Pod.